Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Children. I hope you're safe and well. It's a, it was a lovely, bright, sunny morning here in Surrey. We're starting to get overcast now. So, But hopefully, my guests, they will brighten up the rest of my day. I'm delighted to be joined by Catherine, Kathy Frankis, who's Senior Scientist for the Function Ingredients Lab, and Vincent Thibon. I didn't check this before, Vincent, so I hope I pronounced it correctly. Senior Scientist, Pharmaceutical Development. And they're both from Reading Scientific Services, or RSSL for sure. And today... We are talking about vaccine, zipping and buffer analysis, and in particular, the applicable techniques and equipment for this and the process of method development to successfully analyze buffer components. That's a long sentence. I'm about to take a deep breath now. So, uh, Kathy, Vincent, lovely to see you both. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Risen. Good, Thank lovely you. to see you. Yeah, good, Risen. Thanks for having us. It was lovely to meet you both. Uh, hopefully it's sunny in Reading today, though, because it certainly was sunny in Surrey, but it's got a bit cloudy now, as I said. No, no, a bit <laughs> no, I'm afraid. no. We're not too far <laughs> away from you, are we, in Reading? Let's be honest, we probably share the same weather pattern. <laughs> well, I was hoping you might have some more localised weather, which could actually be a bit better, but hey, never mind. So <laughs> before we start talking about a vaccine zipping and buffer analysis, would one of you be kind enough to give me a quick overview of RSSL and then... Could each of you give you a quick background in terms of your, your own backgrounds, experiences and business, uh, the, the labs you work for? Sure. OK, uh, I'll go first, Rizwan. Um, so RSSL stands for Reading Scientific Services Limited. Uh, we're based on the University of Reading campus um, in, in Reading. Um, we're a contract analysis lab um, offering um, testing um, and uh, pharmaceutical um testing and for pharmaceuticals and, and, and food products and also research and development uh, for um, a number of clients. Um, we've got a whole range of capabilities and, and technical expertise. Um, yeah, we've been here for about hmm, just over 30 years now, I think. Um, yeah, we, um, yeah, kind yeah. of a quick, quick overview of our <laughs> It's always difficult when you have to talk about your own company, I know. So, and uh, what's your background, Cathy, and, and what's the lab that you work for? Sure. So um, my background is um, I'm a chemist by training. Um, I did my PhD at, at Bath University a few more, more years ago than I would like to think. So um, I'm an inorganic and polymer chemist um, for my PhD. Um, I joined the company um, about 10 years ago. I actually started off in the sales team here, which gave me quite a good insight as to all the different techniques that we, we offer our clients and how we problem solve. Um, and that then led me back into the lab to the investigative analysis team. So I spent uh, about six years. And then um, a couple of years ago, I then moved up to our functional ingredients lab. Um, um, where we specialize more in chromatography-based techniques to method develop and um, perform routine testing for both food and pharmaceutical clients. Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm actually just started a split role betwe between the two teams. So um, I'm senior scientist specializing in both chromatography and spectroscopy techniques. Um, yeah, this is a little bit about me. Fantastic. And Vincent? Hi. So... Um... I performed my PhD studies in Leeds, uh, again, quite a long time ago, <laughs> analytical chemistry and capillary electrophoresis. Um, and throughout my career, I, I have been um, first working in consumer healthcare for one of the big pharmaceutical companies, um, moved and worked with chemist, early stage project, and then worked um, for the um, leachable an extractable group before joining RSSL 
um, last year, so I've only been here a year. I'm an analytical scientist, mainly um, HPLC, um, but also doing gas chromatography. And the department that I, I work in at the moment, uh, pharmaceutical uh, development, um, offers um, many, many different activities um, encompassing method development, method validation, method transfer. Um, we do assay testing, um, we do um, stability indicating and related substances methods. Um, we look at drug products, drug substance, we offer the solution. We have uh, stability chambers, so we, we perform stability testing. We can also store stability samples for uh, clients and, and ship them back to them. Um, we interact with other departments when we uh, don't have the, um, the technology. So um, we, for example, have mainly HPLC with several detectors, UV, RI, fluorescence, uh, prep HPLC. But when we don't have, we go to places where we can find the ICPMS, triple quad, NMR, uh, which gives us a, a good a good array of of, uh, of technique to use to um, satisfy the the inquiries we get from client from from Fantastic. client. Fantastic. So um, here it is. Um, I don't know. I can go on. No, <laughs> no, that's fine. But <laughs> well, that's a great overview. So thank you. So let, let's start with the first question. So why is it important for manufacturers to have confidence in the component concentrations of their buffers? So. I guess from a kind of an overarching point of view, you know, any manufacturer needs to be able to show that what they think is in a product is is in a product. Um, maybe they are outsourcing the manufacture of a particular thing that, and they need some confidence that the the outsource um, manufacturer has put has followed the recipe. Um, maybe they're manufacturing themselves, and they need to show that the recipe has been followed internally and that it meets the specifications. Um, so it's always important for manufacturers to have the confidence that the components are in the products that they that they think it is, and also that they're there at the right concentrations. And with respect to buffers, um, these are normally quite simple solutions really compared to some of the matrices we work with here especially on the food side of the business buffers sure. are incredibly simple they're essentially just aqueous uh, solutions of um, salts and and mainly well organic and inorganic components right. the the reason why they're there um, is to maintain a stable ph normally and to prevent microbial growth to promote the stability of the active ingredient that that buffer is going to be used to solubilize um, and to just make the product as as biocompatible and and, and um, suitable for use as it's intended really right okay and vincent do you have anything to add to that no, I, I was going to say something until Kathy just. Um, <laughs> she's so thorough. So they, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, she's doing a very good job. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and what general methods can be employed for the analysis of vaccines, excipients and buffers? So I think normally we would be, I mean, they're quite, they're quite, as I said, they're very simple matrices. So we actually um, don't necessarily need complex separation uh, techniques but maybe more for um uh we but but there's always going to be um an instant instances where ingredients could potentially um 
interfere with each other. So right. separation techniques that involve some kind of separation of the different ingredients are important. Um, and so mainly that's chromatography based techniques. Um, so HPLC with array of detectors, um, UV for um, potentially components that have got chromophores. Um, we're going to talk about iron chromatography. So that would be used for um, uh, components that have a permanent charge. Uh, or um, HPLC -E ELSD is another method of um, detection that, that can be used um, following liquid chromatography. If we're thinking about inorganics, um, potentially there might be a requirement to use um, ICP, um, OES or, or, or AS, um, which are techniques that our, our metals um, lab offer. Um, right. and Quite often it will be a combination of techniques, maybe some chromatography, um, but there may be also some metals-based techniques to, to look for and uh, quantify the, the different components that um, should be present. Right. Vincent, anything to add to that? Well, um, I would say the, um, the method that are going to be employed, are there, there's the separation um, techniques that Kathy's talked about. Some of the things I can think of is how to prepare the samples. Um, some of the samples are going to be able to be detected with one detector. Some others will not have any um, chromophore groups to, to be analyzed with the same detector. So there are prep techniques we can derivatize, we can make them UV, um, UV responsive. And, and all of these are, are techniques that can take time. They're, they're, they're probably uh, going to limit the, the, applicability, the applicability of one particular separation. So I think it's depending on the, um, the actual components. So in the case that we were going to talk later, the components we were dealing with, uh, some of them um, are going to be present in um, low amounts, very low amounts compared to others, and, and will require uh, some kind of treatment. Um, there's, there's, there's different techniques that have been reported, but for some of the components that we dealt with, it was, uh, it was, there were very few analysis, I can think of thin layer chromatography, which is um, uh, an old technology. Um, but yeah, we can, we can, in, in the case that we dealt with, we had three uh, components. And as Kathy mentioned it, we have to separate them in the first place uh, to be able to then quantify and, and, and give the answer that Cathy was talking about, identity and, and quantitation. Great. Okay, thank you for that. So, you mentioned iron chromatography a bit earlier, Cathy. So how does iron chromatography help in the analysis of vaccine excipients and buffers? So iron chromatography is a field of chromatography that I've come to love over the last couple of years. Um, I had the opportunity to, I might mentioned earlier, to, to move to our functional ingredients lab and, and run the uh, iron chromatography service offering while my colleague Maud was um, on maternity leave. So it was a real in a deep end experience for me, but, um, but I very much enjoyed it. Um, and iron chromatography is essentially um, a chromatographic based technique where um, permanently charged uh, components are separated based on their charge, their affinity, their, their charge affinity essentially. Um, and rather than using 
different concentrations of organic to elute uh, components off a column as you would do in reverse phase HPLC, um, we use the um, hydroxide concentration. Um, we increase that over the course of a run in order to elute variously different uh, charged anions from a ion exchange column. Um, and the main sort of application in terms of buffers would be using conductivity as a, as a detector. So, um, yeah, I mean, the reason why it's important for buffer analysis is because a lot of the sort of salts and inorganic um, components that are present, such as chlorides, phosphates, sulfates, um, they are all very easily analysed in the same screen, in the same injection we right. use when we use um, iron chromatography. Um, it's, um, yeah. Which, which is obviously really, really handy. We can, we can separate using that gradient um, and using the right columns, we can, we can get them into quite a short runtime. Right. Are there any major sort of challenges to you though when you use iron chromatography in that process? Well, I think as per all um, chromatography-based techniques, you can run into potential issues if you have interfering components. So um, an example could be... For, um, I mean, EDTA, for example, um, we have experienced some um, issues where that can co-elute with the later eluting anions such as phosphates. Um, and if you can't separate those off, that can then cause interferences, which can, can affect your the accuracy of your data. So you have right. to make sure that you have the specificity, really, the method that you decide to choose for separation. You have to make sure that it then doesn't interfere with anything else that could be present um in that particular buffer right okay thank you for that so vincent let's talk about the pharmaceutical development lab so how else are you able to help people within the covid19 supply chain well, well we, we we can um as we've demonstrated with this particular project that we did um we are uh, rapid to uh, react, um, especially that um, the deadline when we, from, from I would say, um, kickoff meeting with a client to the, the supplying of the, of the data, we had less than a month. And that included uh, doing the literature search, ordering the, 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 the column that we needed for the analysis to performing some kind of verification on the method so that we, we, we could have confidence in the data that was generated. So I would say is that we, we are versatile. We can, we can quickly switch from one thing to another and apply our expertise. Um, so I have been involved with this very particular project. So I think I'm going to talk about this very particular project, but we were faced with a client that, um, was employing somebody else to perform the analysis and they were not able to separate one of the compound one of the compound and they came to us to not begging but saying we, we need to have these results in a month and so um, it, it was um, it, it was quite quite um, challenging as Kathy said we were faced with um, components that had one of them had a UV chromophore, but the other two, uh, one could not be uh, analyzed by UV. One had to be um, 
deratized if we wanted to, uh, but doing a literature search, we we came up with a column uh, that could separate uh, all three components. And to avoid having issues with the detection, we decided to go for um, a detector that was mentioned previously, which is ELS detector. Um, and and so in the sing in the same run, in a very quick uh, analysis, it involves different dilutions because, as I mentioned, the components are present um, in different order of magnitude. But uh, we've we've applied we've applied what we apply to every project is literature search, quite a rapid method development, a bit of luck, and also um, yes, um, all our effort. To, to deliver on time. So uh, I think if we had other project, uh, we would perform we would perform the analysis the same way. Um, Great. So there's one question I forgot to ask is what problems issues can be faced when attempting to analyze buffer components? And what is the general approach to method development to overcome some of these issues? Kathy, do you, uh, shall I go on? Yeah, that was for you, Vincent, actually. Okay. Well, um, I think I've alluded to uh, some of the, the problems that we faced. I think another issue is with the particular techniques that we used, we went for a column called helic column, which is best suited for separation involving, well, it needs a lot of organic um, solvent to behave in, in the way the helic mechanism um, happens. And we are trying to inject on the column a sample that is effectively 100% aqueous uh, when, we get, when we get it. And because of several um, reasons mentioned, the, the, low, um, the low concentration, it wasn't possible to do much with the sample itself, so we had we had an issue of mismatch between mobile phase and sample. Um, we had an issue where two of the component had a very similar behavior to do to to due to one of the the, the, the groups on the on the molecule, uh, which was the reason why the, the the initial lab that was commissioned to do the analysis couldn't perform it. It's only when we had the, the, the detector allowing us to see all components in the same run that we were able to separate them. As, as Kathy mentioned, we, we, it's almost like having specificity. Um, I was tasked with the analysis of one of the components specifically, and I had another of these components eluting next to it or right beneath it. And that was that, that's what was actually um, detrimental to the analysis uh, in the first uh, contract lab organization. And it's the availability of having that sort of instrumentation that allowed us to have a successful outcome. So uh, yes, pH issue, we had to shift um, components in during the analysis, uh, dilutions, detection, what else could I say that I, I faced? Um, no, that, that, that's pretty much it Great. Uh, on you. top of the, um, yeah, the, the, the sort of tight deadlines. Thank you. Okay, so uh, that's all we've got time for. So where can people get more information? 
So um, there's quite a lot of information on our company website. So www.rssl.com. Um, I believe there is a specific um, section of that website dedicated to um, buffer analysis with respect to um, how we might be able to support clients who are trying to develop things in response to the COVID situation. Sure. Um, you know, um, Vincent um, referenced there to projects where we've had to work really, really quickly. Um, and so we are really keen to uh, to harness the expertise we have to help our clients move quickly wherever we can. Um, so there's a lot of information on on the um, website, um, which will we'll link to some case studies. Um, but also we're quite vocal on the old social media. So if anyone wants to follow RSSL on LinkedIn, then there are lots of updates there. Fantastic. Well, all I want to say is thank you very much for your time today. Kathy, Vincent, it was lovely to meet you both. Um, as Kathy just mentioned, there's lots of information on the RSL website. You don't have to write anything down. The links will be above the video, so you can click on them straight away. And uh, all that's going to say is thank you both for your time today. It was lovely to meet you both. It was great to hear more about what you're doing. I wish you a fantastic, happy, and more importantly, healthy 2021 and a fantastic summer. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks thank you very well. much. Cheers. Uh, thanks and a lot. And thank you for watching, as always. And until next time, stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye.